0: pleasure to be with everyone, uh, to be in the sanctuary today. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. I hope that you enjoy your day. Today is a day of, uh, of love and of, uh, appreciation for those people in your life. We are pleased to, uh, share this day with you, and it's interesting, y'all, um, on our first day back in the sanctuary, uh, we're actually going to be diving into relationships, like Vanessa said. And it's different today um, because we weren't supposed to be here, but just because of the way that life worked out, we ended up in this place discussing relationships on Valentine's Day. Uh, In order to, and before we get into that, let's pray real quick. Uh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to dive into your word. We ask, Lord, that uh, your presence be felt here that your spirit be felt here, uh, and that you change us from the inside out. As we continue to focus on transformation, God, we pray that we can be transformed in our relationships. Our relationships can look different, Father
1: God, uh, from today on. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, y'all. So our fifth series, our fifth sermon in the series And
0: today, we're going to be focusing, like we said, on relationships. Um, Remember where we started. We started inward. So now we are going to be, we've been moving outward progressively, right? We've been looking at, we went to our, uh, we started with our heart, and then we moved to our mind. And then last week, we talked about our body. And then today, we are focusing on relationships. You see this progression here. It's important. And this is such an important one, a pivotal one. Uh, a lot of folks are working to navigate through relationships right now and trying to figure out where they stand and, and uh, what, how to take relationships to, to another level. Some folks are questioning the vitality of certain relationships that they have and whether they should let people go. The concept of relationships is so important And we know that who you are surrounded with is who you become. Studies actually show, if you know, that your primary support group impacts your your development and how you navigate through the world. Uh, One of my favorite characters as I walk around, excuse me, y'all. I'm turning off these monitors. One of my favorite characters uh, from... That, that, that display a sense of, uh, of development due to relationships is the character Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z or the Dragon Ball series. Now, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan. I'm a big anime fan. So if you don't know what that is, basically, Vegeta started out in the series as a villain. But by the time he gets through different episodes and sagas and seasons of the series... He, his heart has a change, and I would actually argue that Vegeta's heart is directly influenced by those he is in relationship with, mainly Goku and Krillin. Reflecting on Vegeta brought me to the title of today's message, and today's message is titled, Influenced, the Role of Relationships in Transformation. Now, before we actually get into what I want us to understand today, I want to bring it back to, for us, to it's, back to us for a quick second. Too often, we get stuck on focusing on the other person in relationships and not recognizing the role that we play in relationships. So I need to emphasize something as we jump in, to our word this morning. And what I want to emphasize is actually our first point. Your personhood is at work in relationships. This is the first thing that I want for you to understand as we dive into this. Remember early on in the series, we talked about, we focused on Proverbs 4.23 and we said, guard your heart for, for from it flows the wellsprings of life. You see, there's an interconnectedness between your heart, your mind, your body, and relationships. And as a result, those three first elements show up
1: in your relationships. You may know this already, but I want to say this. There is an
0: exchange that happens when we are in relationship with one another. What does that mean? That means that you bring your strengths, your weaknesses, your fears, your doubts, your insecurities, your flaws, your victories. You bring it all in your relationships. So because because of this, Coming to a better understanding of yourself will make you more conscious of how you impact your relationships. I'll say that one more time. Coming to a better understanding of yourself will make you more aware of how you are impacting the relationships around you. Uh, For some odd reason, Disney movies really teach a great lesson in relationships and Right now, my daughter's fascination is with Ralph Breaks the Internet. That's, that's, that's her new movie. That's what she wants to watch all day. In fact, she wants to listen to the soundtrack. She's reciting the lines. She's singing the words. She wants to watch the movie three times a day. That's her new favorite movie. And in, 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 in this movie, we have Ralph, who's the main character. And he's best friends with this, girl, uh, with this other character named Vanellope. And Ralph is an intense character who deals with intense inner insecurity. His insecurity mainly shows up in connection with his best friend, Vanellope. And it becomes so strong that Ralph ends up making a decision in his mind that he thinks is in the best interest of his friend, but is really serving his own purpose. And by the end of the movie... Ralph has to deal with his own insecurity in order for the relationship between him and Vanellope to continue. Isn't that kind of dope? Like, that's pretty cool for a Disney movie to to, to teach that. Understand what is in your heart, what lives in your mind, what what moves through your body and activates your emotions and your desires gives you a clearer understanding of how you are showing up in relationships. This is true for romantic relationships. This is true for platonic friendships. This is true for familial relationships, for working relationships, for community relationships. So let me say this to you right now. The work that you do individually
1: will impact the nature of your relationships. Mm. Let's let's focus on that for a bit, y'all. Here's the issue. Too often, we
0: are critical of others, or excuse me, too often we are focused on what other people are doing and not focused on ourselves. We become highly critical of what those people that we are in relationship, what they end up doing. We've heard the saying that it's easy to point out the flaws in someone else. And even in scripture it says, take out this, the, the, the log in your own eyes before looking at the speck in someone else's eyes. We become critical of what we think other people should do in their relationships towards us. But this isn't just about the bad things. This is also about the good things. Do you know that you can leech on to good things in relationship with people because it makes you feel better about your flaws and your imperfection? You know, those people that clout chase, you know, those people that are connected to, to celebrities or people of, of fame or, 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 or influence or They are connected to those people not because they have, some of them, not all of them, let me me rephrase. Some of them are connected to those people not because they're in good relationship or deep relationship with those individuals, but because there is something that they get as as, as a result of being in relationship with person A, B, or C. And it hides what may be going on inwardly inside themselves. It is my personal belief, y'all, that we have a responsibility to bring your truest, best possible self to all your relationships. Let me just say it clearly. The onus of good relationships starts with you. You must first be willing to address the areas of sin, or imperfection in your own lives. Why do, I, why, why, why do I say that? Sometimes it's not that we're sinful, it's just that we're imperfect, right? Sometimes it's not actually sin that's showing up, but as a result of being a human being, we all have flaws, those things end up showing up in our relationship. So that's what you must first deal with. Second, you must address hurt or scars in, your rela- in, 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 in that exist in you as a result of pain or life circumstances. And this is a big one. I told y'all, we got a series coming up towards the uh, end of spring, towards towards the spring, headed towards the summer. And I can't wait to get into that. We're going to be talking about pain and and trauma and what that does and how that impacts our life and how we navigate as Christians when we've been impacted. But we must come to a realization that those things actually have an effect on our relationships. And thirdly, you just got to realize your short, the shortcomings of your personality. As I said before, and I'm going to make it clear, we all have shortcomings in our personality. So those, are where we're, those are, that's where we're at right now. You must be willing to take a look at yourself and do the work first inwardly so that the work can show up in your relationships. Why is this important? Because two people play a role, and you want to ensure that the quality of your relationships, not quantity, qualifies your relationship. Mm. Quality, not quantity, qualifies your relationships. Most of us, if not all of us, have one or some relationships that we have had since. God knows when. Uh, right now, I'm in a group with a bunch of uh, uh, fellows and brothers, fellow musician brothers. We're in a group chat. And some of these brothers I've known since my high school days. Shout y'all out. Y'all know who y'all are. Uh, some of them and some of my relationships that I have as well, I've known people for 20, 25 years. Literally, I've known some people and been friends with people for 25 years of my life. Yes, that means when I was like 5, 6, or 7. And there is some comfort in, in familiarity in these relationships. It's dope to know that longevity or the, or the length of a relationship is a backbone for you to be able to know if someone's going to be there. I don't want to deny that, right? A lot of times, loyalty is shown through longevity, right? A lot of times... Someone's ability to stick it out with you and walk with you for the long haul. Or you all got that friend that maybe you've disconnected for a little bit, but when you get back together, you know, the connection that you have because of the history that you have brings you right back. Whether it's the things that you used to do or the places that you used to go or the associations that you have in common, there's a lot of quantity In those relationships the challenge though however is that most of us want to qualify the relationships by the quantity instead of the quality we keep count of the numbers of years we keep count of the things that we've done or the places that we've gone together we get so caught up in the numbers and lose sight of the fact that the quality Of our relationships are poor. It gets us for whatever the reason we find ourselves in those relationships and when we think about it or when we leave it we find ourselves weighed down, impacted. We get caught up with things that we may have thought that we left behind. We all have that one friend or person that if we spend too much time with, we begin to sound like them, or they rub off on us, or, they in, or they're being in their presence. We regret how we acted, or what we said, or how we thought, how we behaved. And as believers, y'all, let me, let me stick this here. We find ourselves stuck because we come to a place where relationships, where our ability... To walk in relationship with other people is impacted because we are looking at the quantity and not the quality. And specifically as believers, when we are joined with people who don't believe what we believe. I know I'm going to a tough place here, so walk with me. There are times as a Christian, if we're talking about having a transformed life, there are times as a Christian where you must be willing to disjoin yourself from certain relationships because it detracts from your journey of transformation. I'm talking to somebody right here. There are times in our journey of faith and belief that we must look at certain relationships, the ones that have spanned for many, many years or that contain a lot of quantity and say the quality of this relationship impacts my ability to live a transformed life. Mm. Second Corinthians six, verse 14 says this clearly. Don't
1: be joined with those who don't believe. An older version, and I like this,
0: an older version says, do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. Mm. All right, so listen up. I think I lost a couple of you guys that are listening right now. Because at this point, you're thinking, Lionel, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to judge anyone. I don't want you to tell me that I shouldn't be doing this, that I shouldn't be doing that with this person or that person. I am not the judge. Only God can judge. I don't believe that this is what Christ would want for me to do.
1: And guess what? You're right. I'm not calling you to judge. That's God's job. I'm not calling you to condemn people either. But what I'm asking for you to
0: do is to be cautious and aware of how those you fellowship with, if they don't have the same biblical principle as you, how they impact the way that you navigate through the world. Let's look at this concept of being unequally yoked, y'all. It comes from the understanding of oxen, not oxes, oxen, y'all. Come on, get your grammar right. Come on, y'all. Oxen in a yoke, right? And the yoke usually pulled a plow, this is used for agriculture, or pulled some sort of mode of transportation. And the issue with, with that is, the strength of the oxen must be similar, as well as the placement of the oxen in proximity to the load that it's carrying. Let me say that in plain English. The oxen must be the same strength, and they gotta be close together. What happens if those two details don't match up is oftentimes the stronger one or the one that is further ahead ends up carrying the other ox and the entire load. Mm, I'm speaking to somebody right now. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Over time, that oxen, that ox that is charged with carrying the load begins to become weak. And weary and impacted why because it carries the other ox and the entire load or burden and it is too much for it to bear it gets pulled down and down and down until both oxen are bent out of shape see some of y'all are so concentrated on maintaining relationships that you have held for a while or you've put a lot of effort into that you fail to notice how you are being pulled down. This is a word for somebody right now. You've put all this time, you've put all this effort, you've put all this energy, and you've been building a relationship and you don't want to lose it. But let me tell you this. Just because you've built it doesn't mean that it should stand. That's a word for somebody. Just because you've built this relationship doesn't mean that it's supposed to stand. It serves as a weight instead of something that is uplifting you. And that relationship that you formulated with that weight influences how you will navigate through other Relationships. And if you are surrounded by those who aren't operating with a sense of biblical integrity, a sense of biblical purpose, you are gonna be impacted. My wife always tells this story, and I, I love it. So, when we first got married um, uh, and we were getting to know each other, we, I would go hang out with my friends. Uh, those of y'all that I've known for 20 years, you know who you are. And i most likely come back to New York and do whatever. And then I come back, and she's like, "Why are you talking like that?" I'm like, what are, you, what, are you, "What are you talking about? I'm not talking like nowhere. I'm just talking normal. What you talking about? Where did that accent come from? What accent? I always talk like this. I'm from New York. What, New York. What you talking about? You don't talk like that regularly. No, I do talk like this. Stop. New York. What's up? As a result, some of y'all are laughing at me right now. Right now, what happened was I was surrounded by people who have in a certain way, and just by the fact that it takes me back to how I grew up, I ended up speaking that way again. But for some of y'all, you are tethered. Mm, here's a big one. You are tethered to relationships that take you back to a place that you were in before you knew Christ, but you are still connected to those relationships in an intimate fashion, and you end up doing... Things or
1: talking in ways or being in ways that you aren't supposed to be standing on as a believer. There are some relationships, even in my own life, where I see people that
0: I have loved and I know, but they're just moving differently, they're
1: operating differently. And I look at them and I say, You know, you've changed. Sometimes those changes are for the better. Sometimes not. We all have those people in our circles. And we know who they are. That when they are in certain places with certain people, they are different as a result. As a believer, if you constantly surround
0: yourself with those who don't believe like you, who don't think with the mind of Christ like you do, who don't ask God to know their hearts like you should, who aren't conscious of their behaviors and what they do with their body and the, and the ramifications of how they act and how it impacts their mind and soul and heart. If they don't live lives of
1: worship, what is going to happen is you are going to be influenced by them in a negative way. You've heard before, A rotten apple spoils the bunch while 1 Corinthians says bad company corrupts good morals. And this is what this means. And this is what's going to be hard for some of y'all. That means that you might have to let go of certain relationships if you truly want to be transformed. That was for somebody listening this morning. You might have to let go of a relationship that has a lot of quantity, but when you look at the quality, it can't be qualified. What's that relationship for you this morning? What's that relationship? The one that's keeping you from living a Christ-like life. From being transformed.
0: You see, this is probably the hardest part of having a transformed relationship or being transformed in a relationship. It's knowing what relationships to be in and what relationships where you got to stop and put up a boundary. I'm not telling y'all you can't know people that aren't believers and love people that aren't believers and also be in community with people that aren't believers. I have friends that aren't believers. There's loved ones that I, ha- that I know, that people that I love dearly that aren't believers, but allowing, and is what we're going to get to, being mindful of the intimacy that's connected to those relationships is what I need to know, what I need to be careful of. And the fruit that comes from those relationships is what we need to be conscious of because fruit is the sign of the root of your relationships. Mm. There's another word for somebody. If you were to ask me right here, right now, how do I know I am in relationships that can positively transform my life? I'm going to ask you right away, what is the fruit of those relationships? I said this before in other sermons, and I'm going to say it again. From fruit is always the sign of the root. If you see apples hanging on a tree, you can be convinced that the root of that tree is a apple tree. If you see oranges, you can be convinced that it is an orange tree. Not for my Caribbean people. If it's a mango tree, you can, I mean, man, if it's a mango, you can be convinced that it's a mango tree. If it's a coconut you can be convinced that it is a coconut tree. Do I have to keep going? No. I didn't mention bananas. Bananas are nasty, but we're not going to talk about that right now.
1: If it, all we're going to look at is the fruit and the root, and if you see the fruit, you know what the root is. This
0: means that the fruit that you bear in your relationships is indicative of the tree that is rooted the fruit that comes forth is a sign of the substance of that tree and root your relationships particularly the ones that are close to you should be ones that are rooted in the spirit there's the fruit we're getting to the fruit of that right now well how do i know that my relationships are rooted in the spirit as someone who's being transformed by the holy spirit Your relationships, or the fruit of your relationships, will begin to reflect the fruit of the Spirit. Yo, the Bible's mad clear, y'all. This is not hard to understand. You want to know that your relationships are healthy and positive and pleasing before the sight of God? Let's look at Galatians, because as believers, we're bound by the Spirit. We are united in one accord under the power of His Holy Spirit. So if we are united in the Spirit, those relationships should breed fruit of the Spirit. And, 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 and what are those fruit of the Spirit as we read in Galatians 5? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I love these because these fruit create the presence of something that we need in order to have transforming relationships as believers. Without, of the, without the fruit of the Spirit in your relationships, you can't experience true intimacy in those relationships.
1: Mm. Let me say that one more time if the fruit of the spirit isn't found in you and
0: in the person that you are uh, walking with and in your relationship, the ability to cultivate true, pure intimacy is impacted. I'm not talking about romantic intimacy. I'm not talking about the love between two people that are romantically uh, attached to each other or connected to each other. I'm talking about deep, connected brotherly, sisterly, familial intimacy. Intimacy that happens when we are connected by Christ's spirit in one accord. And this is what I'm going to say to y'all. You want to see transformation in your, in your, in your relationships? Simple. Strive for
1: intimacy. Let me say that one more time. Strive for intimacy. Intimacy.
0: Now, let me set the precedent here. Intimacy can only be attained when two people are aware of what they bring to a relationship and commitment to building a quality relationship amongst one another by the bond of the Holy Spirit. Intimacy requires closeness, spiritual and emotional proximity That allows two people to see, understand, and connect with each other. There's there's an old African
1: proverb, and that proverb says, I see you, and you see me. What does that mean? It means that I see into your personhood, and you see into
0: my personhood. I see you for who you are. You see me for who I am. Believers, we need to have a sense of spiritual and emotional closeness in our relationships. Listen to what it says here in Ephesians 4 verse 1 through 3. I am asking you to live a life worthy of what God chose for you. Don't be proud at all. Be completely gentle. Be patient. Listen to this. Put up with one another in love. Let me stop right there. Sometimes it's hard to put up with somebody else in love. And we're going to get to that. The Holy Spirit makes you you one in every way. So try your best to remain as one and let peace keep you together.
1: Listen to what the... This is what the scripture is saying here. Relate... As a believer... Relationships must come
0: before being right. Mmm. This is a big one, especially in our day and age. We live in a world where now being right is more important than being connected. Now, again, this is the understanding. I'm saying this with the understanding that there is general health and wellness in your relationships. There are points where righteousness, not being right, but righteousness is a big difference. All right? Don't get it twisted. Right? Being right is different from being righteous. Right? Righteousness is connected to biblical principle and walking in the spirit. Being right sometimes is just a matter of opinion or what we think that we know. All right? And if you, when there are instances where you need to be righteous, that goes before relationship. right? How you navigate through that is important, and we'll talk about that another time. But relationships must never be sacrificed. I mean, relationships must never require the sacrifice of holiness and biblical principle. But that being said, how many times in relationships with others have they come to an end because we wanted to be right? Because Because it is more important for us to be right than it is to understand and be connected to the person that we are walking with. We deem our stance, our opinion, our knowledge to be superior, and as a result, we push other people away. We push other people down. We break other people down in order for us to get our way. That's where the scripture is talking
1: about. Don't be proud. That pride gotta go. It happens in our marriages where we
0: think that we may know better than our partner or there's a power struggle that exists and we feel like we got to come on top. It happens in our friendships where disagreement as believers becomes more important than the connection that we have as people united in Christ. It happens in the church where theological discussions rip a church apart instead of the foundation that we are believers and connected and saved by the blood of Jesus. We become quick to speak and invalidate or dismiss somebody else, therefore ripping a relationship in half. But let me stress this to you and say this simply. As a believer,
1: put yourself Second in relationships. See, Philippians 2 verse 1 through 4 says this. You've gotten any,
0: if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made a difference in your life, if being in a community of the spirit means
1: anything to you, if you have a heart and if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, and be deep-spirited friends.
0: Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Listen, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with your own advantage.
1: Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping. Here's another one. James 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, pay attention to what I've said. Everyone should be quick to listen. They should be slow to speak. And they should be slow to get angry. You see, when you put yourself second, you give yourself the opportunity to listen hear and
0: connect with what your brother and sister may be saying or experiencing. And when you put yourself second, you also give the person you are in a relationship with the opportunity to see themselves in that relationship. One of the premises that we do in therapy, right, is we do this thing called reflective listening. So we make sure, right, and some of you have heard this, When someone says something, you say it back to them in the same way that they said it to ensure that you understand and that they can confirm that that is exactly what they said. And that is a form of making sure that there is a mirror in that interaction. You see, intimate relationships serve as a mirror reflecting back to us who we really are. Intimate relationships with those in Christ provide us with the opportunity to learn things about ourselves that we wouldn't have realized. You ever had a relationship with someone that you're really close with and they're a believer just like you are and you guys are having deep talks and you have the chance to share your heart and they're able to go up to you and be like, yo, you know I love you. I got to tell you something. And they point out A, B, C, or D. Of course, that's that, that situation's a little uncomfortable. But a lot of times they share stuff with you that you wouldn't have noticed because you got your own blinders on. There are points where we can't see what is going on within us. Other people can. We can be transformed when we have intimate relationships with people that can serve as mirrors for us and reflect back what they are seeing in our humanity. You can learn about your strengths. You can learn about your weaknesses The things that you wouldn't realize because another person is able to peer inside your personhood with insight. And the scripture says this. When we're in deep intimate relationships, we sharpen each other up. Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so does a friend sharpen another. Therefore, in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says... Encourage one another
1: and build each other up. That is the root of intimate relationships.
0: Do you have relationships right now in your life as a believer where you can see fruit or you can identify fruit that you want to come out? as it relates to Galatians 5. Do you have believers that you can strive to intimacy with and be close, deep-seated, deep-spirited friends? Do you have believers that can look into your life and say, hey, you got this going on, hey, you got got that going on, hey, brother, you got to do this, hey, sister, you got to do that? Do you have relationships where you can be encouraged and strengthened? See, it's not just about letting certain people go. It's about bringing those who are
1: walking in Christ closer to you so that you can be transformed within that relationship. So in
0: conclusion, as we we end today, y'all, I want to go into some takeaways, and they're going to pop up on the screen in a second. Some things that you can take away as we look at transformed relationships. Number one, understand you bring yourself and whatever is attached to you to your relationships. You have a responsibility to learn your heart, and body, and heart, mind, and body, and how they interface with relationships. Number two, evaluate your standing relationships. Does the quality of your relationship take you to a place of growth and progression, or are you yoked unequally, causing you to be brought down? Number three, Evaluate your spiritual needs and what fruit you want to bring to your relationships. Using the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5, identify what fruits stand in your relationships or what fruits are missing. Number four, push for intimacy. At first, it can be uncomfortable, but keep pushing for spiritual and emotional intimacy with believers in Christ. Five, put yourself second. Relationships are more important than being right. In moments of disagreement, let your focus be on preserving relationships while coming to a mutual understanding. And six, be in relationships that push you to grow. Let others reflect your blind spots
1: to you, which will help accelerate your growth. As we've talked about through this whole series, y'all, there's
0: a lot more connected to this, and this in itself can be broken down in many different ways, but I hope that you can take this today as the building blocks for transformed relationships. As we get into prayer, I'm just going to ask that you ask for the Lord to reveal to you right now how does he want your relationships to be transformed? How can you be a vessel of transformation in your relationships? And where do you need to be connected? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to do this deep dive right here and to just reflect on what it means for us to be people that are transformed in relationships and transforming our relationships. We are influenced, Father God. We need to be unyoked from those, Father, that drag us down and allow for us to be connected by those that, are, uh, that unify us, to be unified by your spirit. We pray right now, Father God, that we can draw close together, that people can begin to know us, that our brothers and sisters in Christ can know us for who we are and that they can speak to us
1: purely and intimately. We thank you. We thank you for this opportunity. And we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the peace of God be with you this morning.